Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of All Things RPW. This is Dr. Bill from the Rhetoric and Professional Writing Department at SVSU. And I have with me today a very special guest, the original creator of our departmental podcast, The Tech Rapport, Dr. Scott Kovaleski. Hello, everybody. Good to be back. Yeah, so, so Dr. Scott is... No longer here as a faculty member at SVSU. We'll come back around to that in just a moment. Um, but I, I, I wanted to bring him back because there are some events that make sense for me to bring him back for in the context of this podcast. But before I get into that, I will say that today, for the first time of this podcast, I am recording inside of the RPW Audio and Video Production Studio from the campus of Saginaw Valley State University. We have our new digs, everything's all laid out nicely in here. And um, in fact, I just got to spend a little bit more money based on a project that Scott and I did together a few years ago. And we've got even some more equipment coming in. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll just leave that teaser there to lie and, and, and tease you. And I'll come back with more detail on that in a future episode. But all of that said, so here we are, episode three of All Things RPW. And the, the event that just transpired that I thought it made sense for me to bring Scott back in to the conversation is that I just republished the entirety of the Tech Rapport podcast as the Tech Rapport archive. And the significance of that is that it was the first podcast for the Department of Rhetoric and Professional Writing. It was launched by Scott and one of our alumnus, our now alumni, uh, Michael Blodgett. I'll let Scott talk about that in just a moment here. But it's one of those things where because of that event, we now have all things RPW. Because of that event, it, it may not have been the immediate impetus for us to expand the audio in the program, but it was certainly an event that was part of the growth and the maturation and the expansion of us incorporating audio into our courses at SVSU and really expanding how we do so, why we do so, and the number of, of places and ways and means that it integrates with our curriculum. And so it was a watershed moment, absolutely, for Scott and Mike to begin that process of, of recording shows for the Tech Rapport. And even though we have closed it down as a growing podcast and replaced it with all things RPW, not only does it have a place near and dear to my heart, it's also of incredible significance programmatically for us. So like I said, given that I, I relaunched that under the archive name uh, this past week, I wanted to bring Scott in and give him a chance to talk about the process of launching that and the significance of that event to him and, um, and give him a chance to talk about the kind of stuff that's going on in his life these days. So Scott, with all of that, why don't you reintroduce yourself, let us know where you're at, and um, yeah, well, we'll take it from there. Well, thank you. Um, I'm excited to be here. It's uh, always fun to be able to talk about some of this work that was really important to me during my time at SVSU. Um, so for those of you who, who don't know me, I uh, served as a faculty member in the Department of Rhetoric and Professional Writing from 2013 
uh, until just this past spring. Uh, so about nine years. And I taught the whole range of classes in the program. I uh, really love teaching um, particularly classes around user experience and usability and technology production. Uh, I'm currently at Central Michigan University in their Department of Business Information Systems, where I was hired to uh, continue some of that work in, in user experience and develop some opportunities for students at Central, uh, particularly uh, in the business uh, college around user experience and customer experience, uh, as well as do some digital media stuff like podcasting. So uh, certainly a lot of the themes that I had going on at SVSU um, I'll be carrying over to my role, my new role at, at, at Central Michigan. That is all, all awesome to hear. Sad that we lost you. I, you know, I, I, I miss being able to walk across the hall and have a conversation with you about something SVSU related or as the case may be, something not. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise, yeah, it's, you know, it, it was uh, the, the students at SVSU are wonderful. My, my uh, colleagues in the RPW department are terrific. Uh, it was, it, it was really, you know, nothing to do with the, with the culture of the people uh, that, um, you know, for, as a reason for why I left, it was, um, you know, just kind of different opportunities and challenges and, and seeking some different things at this point in my career. Um, so it was a lot of jumbled emotions, you know, sad to leave, excited to get started with new opportunities. But, uh, you know, I think, and, and this is something I talk to students about, um, you know, growth and change are just part of the game. And, you know, if you, you know, the days of kind of sticking around in, in one position for, 25, 30 years are, are really rare anymore. Um, and I think, you know, finding ways to kind of push and challenge yourself are, are, are good for professional uh, uh, growth. Well, and, and actually it's a similar kind of transition that brought me here all the way back in 2005. I, I began my career at the University of Northern Iowa and was one year from tenure there. And I, and I always said to people, my, my students, that is, and, and my colleagues, you're never more valuable than the year before you become expensive <laughs> or the year before you become a settled. And so I went on the job market, you know, following my own advice and, and it was an opportunity to come to SVSU and it was very much, you know, around the same time, a, a couple of years before in my career compared to where you were at in your career. But at the same time, yeah, it's, it's exactly that. It's an opportunity to pursue something new. It was a way for me to reconnect um, my family with, um, with other members of my family, you know, we, we came, we came back to Michigan because that's where I was originally from. And now this is the beginning of my 18th year at SVSU. So it is weird that I, I have been here for that long. I don't know that, well, you know, I, I don't necessarily ever expect to leave and I don't necessarily ever expect to stay. I just kind of roll with it and it's been my philosophy and, and now it's, it's kept me here for a while. So. Yeah. It's, it's weird how that stuff kind of plays out in careers. Um, Cause yeah, I, I, I wasn't necessarily, you know, thinking that SVSU would be a, a, a short-term or long-term kind of thing. It was just right. you know, kind of day by day, year by year. Um, and, and this opportunity opened up at Central. And I think for me, what was nice is, you know, I didn't have to move my family. <laughs> I just kind of, you <laughs> yeah. know, instead of going East, I go West now <laughs> for work. And, uh, you know, it is a little bit further than, you know, for me uh, heading to, to SVSU. But, you know, I still have opportunities to stay connected with you and, and, and some of the great people at SVSU and, and, and continue to work on cool projects. Uh, and so in some ways, um, yeah, we don't get to do the kind of cross hall chit chat anymore, but you know, uh, you know, we're staying in touch and, and, and I hope to be a friend of the program for a long time. 
Absolutely. And, and so listeners, Scott and I have been talking about some possibilities for events or workshops or, um, you know, different, different kinds of things that are going to unify and connect our campuses down the road. I won't say more than that because we aren't exactly sure what those plans entail or how quickly they will evolve at the same time. Just know that we are stewing and brewing and thinking and scheming about how to connect and how to bring our, well, how to continue our collaborations in multiple dimensions, including the scholarly, but also including things like I said, like programmatic events or, or things like that. So like I said, stay tuned. And podcasting. Podcast, and podcasting, podcasting is also yes. a fun way to, to keep that connection going. You know, when, when Michael and I started the tech rapport back in, uh, I believe it was 2015, uh, you know, we never really saw this as, you know, something that would, that would end up being, you know, I think what has become kind of one of the anchor points of, of the program uh, podcasting has and, and audio production has become something that, uh, I know that I incorporated in a lot of my courses. Uh, Dr. Bill incorporates a lot of his courses. I think Dr. Herzog does as well. And, and even I think uh, Dr. Dallas has, has, uh, has done some of that work too. So, you know, it's something that a lot of the faculty members in the department have uh, begun to embrace and incorporate and push students to uh, kind of work beyond their comfort zone with, with textual production and, and writing uh, to think about all the different kinds of media that help to communicate messages. And, you know, Mike and I, when we created the tech report, we just, we wanted to have fun creating podcasts. Uh, he was looking for an internship opportunity. I was internship coordinator. I said, Hey, I'm thinking about doing something around podcasting. Would that be something you're, you're interested in? And he said, absolutely. And he just had a ball rolling with it. Uh, he's the one that came up with the name. He came up with the logo. Uh, so, you know, as far as like an internship experience, when he was able to do a lot and really kind of put his own personality into how we developed the podcast. Uh, and then he and I served as the, the first two co-hosts and, uh, had a lot of fun creating a lot of episodes really early on. We were trying to get into this, this habit of doing about recording an episode, you know, every week or every, every other week early on. And that, that becomes a challenge to kind of maintain, but it started. Yeah. I just, I invested, I don't know, something like 200 or $250 in my own money on a, on a cheap little board and some microphones and cables. And we would set up in what was the old, uh, usability lab in Xano and we're trying to record. And it was always challenged because, you know, if you're, if you're recording between classes, you would hear people with, rolling their bags and, 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 and shoes clomping on the, on the um, tile. So, you know, noise and distraction became kind of an issue, but to see how that's evolved, you know, where we started to um, really nice equipment, a dedicated studio with soundproofing um, in a quiet corner of, of the university uh, you know, that's, that's a big step. And, and, you know, some of it now is, uh, you know, where, where Dr. Bill sits recording this episode in that studio um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see that, you know, that, that was some of the visions that we started creating, especially as we moved from, from Zanow over into Curtis hall with a really cool space and a lot of support from the university. What could we do to really kind of create opportunities for students to do some of this work in that studio and the complimentary video production studio became really integral parts of that work. You know, it's funny that you mentioned the original and, and very, very humble beginnings of this in terms of space, because Last week, I was digging through one of my file cabinets looking for a, a cable, I believe, and I discovered the box that holds the board that you just mentioned. <laughs> so somehow I wound I up with it. it there. <laughs> <laughs> it. It seems like something that we need to enshrine it somehow. We need to put it in glass and connect it to the wall or something like that here in the studio because... 
you know, it, 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 you say you mentioned how you didn't spend a lot of money on it. And, and when I, when I saw the box, I picked it up and held it in my hands and I had this immediate and, and, and rather powerful memory of the day that you and I had the conversation about why that board introduced anomalous noises into podcasts. <laughs> so there was that little bit of a buzz. If you set yep. it on the table and there wasn't anything underneath it, it would, yep. it would vibrate, <laughs> you know, and, and it was just so funny that that memory became so palpable for me holding the box. And it made me, it, it, it started off as just a grin, but I literally laughed out loud in my office while I was holding the box and remembering that. It was a lot, you know, a lot of that early stuff. Yeah. It was, it was really, you know, working through the, the kind of growing pains of, of equipment issues or when I mistakenly or stupidly forgot to actually uh, uh, route the board into the recording. I think we're at back then right. we were using um, GarageBand on some of the Macs in the in the lab, and I had forgot to put that as the input. And so we ended up recording this entire episode. It was a great episode with Mike Major, who was uh, then the director of career services. And we were talking about internships, and the entire episode ended up getting recorded on the internal microphone on the computer <laughs> that I was sitting at. So, so the audio quality is not great on. I think it's episode two. Uh, so if you really want some like nostalgia, go listen to that episode. And and I apologize about the poor audio quality, but that's the reason why. But yeah, it was those kind of growing pains. And then the thing, yeah, and how we're how you know now we've got these really uh, sophisticated boards, uh, and and well, and the one that you just ordered, assuming that comes in and 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 gets set up, and I think students will really appreciate the simplicity it is to kind of just fire that thing up and really get rolling, uh, and then recording with uh, you know high end software like the uh, like the Adobe stuff and, and being able then to, to create some really, really good and uh, good quality audio from that. You know, that's, that's huge steps from where we started. Absolutely. You know, and all of this makes me think other, other than, other than the, the sort of humble beginnings that we're celebrating here, do you have any particularly strong memories of those early days of the tech rapport or any days of the tech rapport for that matter? I mean, it, the tech rapport ran off and on and, and, and off and on is really the key there for three years or even four years. Um, but, you know, over that time, there were times where we wanted to record and we didn't have time because of things that were going on. There were times, you know, we, I, I listened to one of the episodes where we were planning all of these great episodes and then we never recorded a single one of them. So we dropped this big old teaser at the beginning of the episode and then that was the only one that came out that year. Uh, so there were, there were things like that that happened. You know, it was, it was fits and starts because we were fitting it in to all of the, all of the, the mayhem and the joy that comes with being faculty in a program that's alive and vibrant, but also dealing with day-to-day challenges. So you like all of that said, like looking back on it, what's something particularly palpable or strong that you think of or that, that, that the tech rapport evokes for you? So, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, and, and I'll just kind of back up for a moment. Kind of funny when I was cleaning out my office in June in, in preparation to, to leave, uh, I found a list of a bunch of episode <laughs> ideas that we had jotted down and I, I had it uh, uh, kind of pinned up onto my um, my magnetic shelf or, or my metal shelf there uh, with a magnet. And I was like, dang, we should have recorded these episodes. <laughs> they, were, they were great ideas. But I think for me, when we got started, what was, what was really fun was A, to see the energy that it started to create with people who would participate um, you know, Mike and I would have a lot of fun preparing for the episodes and, uh, but it also got me really involved with talking to different people, different stakeholders within the program. So, you know, we, I think we, well, we brought you and Trevor on for that right. one of those early episodes on usability. I brought Dr. Dallas in to talk about, um, 
community engagement stuff. And, you know, like I mentioned, we brought Mike major into talking about career services and I spoke, you know, Mike and I spoke with some alumni who were in graduate programs. So it was really this opportunity to, especially as, as a newer faculty, I think it was only in my, uh, maybe my second year when I, when we started this, you know, to really, for me to really get involved with, with the program and, and learn and talk to people. And so there was a lot of energy and an opportunity to meet with people that I thought was a lot of fun. And as I started to kind of integrate some of this into classes, so as internship coordinator, for example, during my second year, I would start to have students, uh, we, we would record, uh, try to set up in, in the old usability lab as many mics and stuff as I can and kind of get people around to talk about their internship experience. And I don't know if those ever actually ended up going anywhere other than a, an audio file on my computer somewhere. I think but, there's at least one episode okay. that is, as I was as I was posting episodes, it seems like there's at least one that is there. And and if not, we could probably still make it happen. <laughs> I could probably find that those files because yeah, they were great conversations uh, with, with people who had a lot to share about their own professional development, working, you know, kind of bridging the, the program and their internship and what they were taking out of that. And a lot of them were getting ready to graduate. And so where do they see that those experiences taking them post-graduation um, and those are, those are a lot of really fun classes. And, you know, some of the students I think would kind of sit there and roll their eyes and oh, why do I have to do this, but they still participated. I think we all had a good time and it was kind of, again, that energy that would, would resonate from those experiences. It's actually something that I did. I, well, I carried it on in two ways. When I had smaller groups, I did a podcast with them. And when I had larger groups, I, required them to record podcasts about their experiences at the end of the semester, but I let them set the stage for those kinds of things. So it strikes me that we probably have plenty of material where we could pull together a, a couple of decent episodes if we wanted to, to celebrate those, those days of, of you doing that and, and then to celebrate the continuation of that as I am as well, no longer internship coordinator because we have both moved in through and out of the, that role. You know, to kind of see then, how, you know, those are some of my early explorations with audio production in classrooms. How might we use some of the technology that we had available and some of the strategies that we were thinking about uh, and pulling that then into some of the other classes. So, you know, for me, one of the, one of the natural places that came was in the instruction writing course and thinking about right. using audio for uh, creating instruction documentation. Uh, so I started kind of experimenting with some of that uh, as we, as we developed and, and the new curriculum launched, in 2019, you know, I saw classes like the emerging media class would, would be great places to kind of bring in some of this work too. Uh, and then we started thinking, well, Hey, we, well, maybe I should back up and say, you know, we used, uh, some, some grant funding we received in 2016 or 2017 to start the first podcast studio after we had moved over to Curtis. And this was in that little uh, office room next to yours, uh, Dr. Bill. And, you know, that space was, really, really perfect for where we were at the time. And I think, you know, we had, we invested in a really expensive board that kind of turned out to be maybe a little bit more complicated for the average user, but we were still able to create some really cool things in there. And then, you know, to kind of see how we might think about developing courses around, uh, specifically around podcasting and, and, you know, to see that course launch for the first time this semester, uh, with you teaching it, you know, that's, that was something that I, you know, that we had pushed for for a long time. And, and I'm excited to see that, you know, th that it's still kind of rolling. And as we are recording this episode, 
this is the week that the ramp up begins to happen in podcasting where the equipment is going to be flying off the shelf and where people are going to be checking out the studio that I'm sitting in right here right now using the the equipment that's sitting in front of me that I'm using now to be able to record their first podcasts and and it's exciting you know to to be at that point and of course you taught the course once or twice at least as an as a special topic or is it once as a special topic and then a second time maybe integrated into another course? Yeah, so I brought podcasting into a special topics course, um, you know, maybe like 16, 17, 18, something like that. And then with a new 233 course, um, the first time I taught that, maybe the only time I taught that, uh, it was it was centered primarily around podcasting uh, as a real central focus for that course. And And yeah, I mean, I think in both instances, Students really responded well, and some of the podcasts that came out of that were just amazing. I mean, I mean, really, really cool stuff. You know, and and I think one of the things to kind of take away, especially if there's other programmatic people around or you know, listeners who are thinking about you know how how we did it. like this. You know, this was a, a eight or nine year kind of trajectory here, right? right? Like, like it wasn't something we're just like boom, let's let's create this and, and start tomorrow. Like, there was an evolution here of you know, hey, this is kind of cool. Or, Hey, a lot of people think this is really cool. And now we've got some money and some space and, 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 you know, it was just every year, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And now, like I, I mentioned earlier, I think it's, you know, it's, it's a hallmark. It's an anchor of the program. Well, and it's grown to the point where with me launching a course with a dedicated number and title that is podcasting, um, not, not me launching it personally, the department launching it, me teaching it for the first time under that new title and that new number. Like I feel an incredible sense of, of accomplishment being in there. And, and every time I walk into the class, literally still, it, I'm conscious of that evolution that brought us here. And as I'm teaching the class, I'm already looking ahead and I've already talked to the students in the class about the possibility of trying to launch a podcasting student group on campus. Uh, I mean, we already have a number of organizations from across campus who come in and record in the studio on a regular basis. And we'll look to expand upon that kind of stuff in, in the, the, the months and the years to come. So that's just a, it's a fantastic thing. You're right. It, it's become a sense or a source, I should say, of the identity for the program of the entire department. And I don't know that I would have guessed that that was the case 10 years ago when, when this was not yet a thing. No, it's, it was not, I think initially, certainly wasn't initially part of our, like, a, like any kind of master plan that we had. Uh, but that's also like, even with usability, right? So I came, I came in shortly after, or kind of maybe just after the start of some of the usability uh, focus was underway. So, you know, a lot of that started with, with, with folks, folks like Trevor Baronic and some of the um, people, you know, in, in his cohort um, who had an interest in it. And then we began to see like, Oh, well, this is, you know, a, a, a significant focus, not just, you know, locally, but, but field wise, right. A lot of the field had been, had been moving uh, in this direction for a little while. And so it seemed like a really, strong place to to kind of build a program around we and we can see certainly how how you with with the ux um uxd minor you know really now like that that that's another anchor point for the program but yeah audio was was certainly not something that we thought um you know was 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 part of a grand plan early on and, and to see how that's evolved through student interest and and then certainly with the ways that you know, understanding multimedia production is important now for, for most of our graduates. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a natural place to land. Yeah. And, and it's one of those things where there, there's a lot of signposts, you know, that, that signal the changes that have already been, 
But there's a lot of things that indicate that audio and video are just going to continue to become, well, more important. They're going to continue to be important. They're going to continue to evolve in the way that we incorporate them into our teaching, into our professional development, into our personal lives even. You know, the there's just so many ways that this stuff is significant to us. And the, and the more that we take a professional critical stance, you know, or the, that we hold this stuff as something to be taken seriously, I think the, the, the more it's going to continue to evolve in the way that we deal with it in our classes. Yeah. And, and to kind of go back to something you mentioned earlier, like for, for me, part of the, you know, natural evolution of where that, where this trajectory is going, you know, part of that would definitely be students who, recognize the value of the importance of this kind of work and then want to yeah, either start an RSO or even just kind of use the spaces to start their own podcast uh, right. and, you know, on their own. And so like, you know, that seems like it would be at least part of that kind of natural progression. So let me give you a chance to, to think another way about the, the work that you did while you were here at SVSU and the work that you're looking forward to doing now that you're at central Michigan. And let me ask this. So what are the things that you did here or that we did here? Because a lot of times we were collaborating on stuff. What are you going to try to carry forward to Central Michigan? And is there anything that you are really focused on trying to carry over or recreate now? And and I don't even want to say it as recreate because that's, that's what I was focusing on, carry forward. Because the idea is not to emulate the past success. You're trying to grow and reinvent, and you've got this new cool opportunity to do both of those things. So what do you, what's, what's new and next for you as you try to build on your prior successes? Yeah, so thank you. Um, a couple of things that uh, I feel tasked with, kind of both explicitly and implicitly, but are, are developing a focus around user experience uh, for the department and college that I'm in. So I mentioned earlier, I'm, I, you know, I kind of go from a liberal arts humanities college where I've pretty much been my entire academic career and going back to being a grad student. Uh, now I'm in a business context. So there are some things that are, that are a little bit different and, and, and expectations are different and, and end goals are different. Uh, and so it's, it's building then uh, starting to build a, a culture around user experience that uh, bridges, not just professional and business communication, but thinking about how that extends out to other areas of, of business, like information systems and data systems and, and, and marketing and entrepreneurship and how we could then think about using some of the theories and methodologies from user experience in those contexts. Uh, and then getting students excited. So I'm, I'm, you know, when I came to SVSU, the lab was there. There was a little bit of interest around usability, right? We had a, a strong cohort that had just graduated who was exploring with some of that. Um, and so now it's kind of starting from scratch in some ways where I'm, I'm building the studio or, or building the lab. Uh, right now it's going to start out as, as a mobile lab that can kind of work with me and go around and, uh, you know, hopefully uh, we can then find a, a, a space to kind of anchor that uh, lab and and develop a you know, contingency around UX. The other thing, though, is some of the digital media stuff, and certainly looking to recreate a a departmental podcast, very much like we did with the Tech Report, is one of my agenda items here. Really, that'll mimic a lot of what I did uh, with the Tech Report. You know, looking for people who are doing things around the department, around the college, to talk to and share what they're doing, both from 
students and faculty and alumni and using it as an opportunity to spread the word about some of the things that are going on. The chip rapport. I've got your title for you already. <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> so I mean, you obviously have some big challenges in front of you. It, it leads me to a, a follow-up question that it, that is, what do you think is going to be most difficult to enact in your new digs? I mean, the, 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 there are challenges across the board with this kind of stuff. What feels like some of the biggest challenges that you face in trying to, to carry some of that stuff over? Well, I, I'll say right now I feel blessed that I have, um, well, and again, I mean, not, not, we have this at SVSU too, but you know, there's, there's an administrative support for right. building this. And I think that that first and foremost becomes really important, right? You have to have buy-in from the decision makers <laughs> and, and the check writers to, 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 to build these kinds of things. And so I have that both at the department level and at the college level, I feel really blessed to be able to have that support. Um, they, they are excited about some of these things. I think the biggest challenge then is kind of building that kind of groundswell of, of enthusiasm and excitement at the student level. The, the program that I'm in uh, primarily teaching in is the um, applied business communication program. It's, it's a minor, it's, it's largely in, in, online, and so trying to build that and, and kind of generate that student capacity through an, an interest in usability, I see it's kind of the biggest challenge right now. Uh, but, you know, I've already started to kind of sprinkle these things into my courses a little bit where we've been doing uh, a lot of things around empathy driven design and design thinking. And, and I've been pulling in some UX methodologies into some of the courses I've been teaching. And so it's, again, kind of giving a little and, and trying to generate some interest and, and kind of build it from the ground up. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, anytime you're the new guy and the new person in the neighborhood, there's a certain amount of, of enthusiasm and a certain amount of energy that surrounds that. But then there's also a certain amount of, well, let's see what you're going to do here. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. That, that honeymoon phase doesn't usually last very long. <laughs> um, you know, and, and I think in any job, right. I mean, there's not just a faculty job, but, you know, yeah, they, they, they bring you in for a reason because you can offer something. This is what I tell students all the time. It's not, you know, jobs aren't what, you know, how they benefit you. It's all about, about how you benefit the organization. And right. uh, they, they see, um, you know, they expect me to, to build some things around UX. And so I've got to deliver. And, um, you know, I've, 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 you know, I think in any job, you got a little bit of, of, you know, time to make that happen, but you know, it's, um, you know, it's important to get started early and to, um, you know, and, and to go. So I'm, I'm right now I'm in the process of uh, collecting some of the uh, materials necessary to do uh, the work. So the hardware, software, that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm working with my department chair on uh, seeing if we have some kind of spaces available uh, that we can utilize at least part-time to, um, to do some of the research and work that needs to happen. And then, like I said, trying to develop the student interest as well. Well, and when you come in for, as a first-time faculty member, you know, newly minted PhD, starry-eyed, and, and you went through the, the big, long process of, of, of finding your job and, and all that kind of stuff, and you show up in a good campus, they, they find a way of giving you space, and they find a way of, of making time for you so that you can be successful. When you come in after having been doing this for a while, you come in at associate prof, or you come in with tenure, as some people do in different places, Wow, the expectations are so much different. I mean, when I when I came to work here, I actually did my first departmental project 
before I actually was officially employed by the university, meaning that I was asked to chip in to some, well, I was asked to chip in my, my thoughts and my opinions on directions for things that I would be doing in the fall. And I had all of maybe 10 days to two weeks to settle myself before the expectation was that I was going to be doing. And, and I, and I feel like your, um, your, yeah, like you said, the honeymoon period is relatively short for you and, and, and the expectations of acceleration are already there. Yeah. And, and, and I knew that. Um, yeah. And, and I kind of embraced that. I mean, I think, you know, there's, I mean, there's always, you know, when you change context, right. It's, it's kind of learning a new environment, learning a new culture, uh, that stuff is there. Some of that stuff takes a little bit more time. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's not like I haven't done this stuff before. Right. And so, uh, you know, I, I, you know, thinking about how to adapt it to a different context is, you know, is good. It needs to happen, but, um, it's kind of fun, right? Like I, this is, these are the kind of challenges that I, that I, that I like. It's part of what we push our students to do, right? I mean, we talk about adaptability all the time. So when we get to live it ourselves, I mean, we, we live it all the time to an extent anyway, but this is, you know, this is taking it to another level and and there, yeah, and there I, is some excitement exactly. to that challenge. I mean, I, I've got to practice, you know, what I preach, so to speak. And uh, this is an opportunity for me to do that. Um, you know, and I'm excited about it. I, I think that, you know, building students when, when, you know, when we've ex- exposed students to a lot of the, th- the theories and, and projects around UX, uh, there seems to be a connection that they have that really resonates with how they see the stuff that they've been doing in school applying to the stuff that they think they'll be doing in their job. Yeah. Right. So it's, so it's a, it's a way for them to really kind of develop a concrete understanding of application from school to work. And they, they seem to really appreciate that, that connection, right? The projects aren't always hypothetical, right? There seems to be a level of grounding, you know, grounding in, in reality that they can appreciate. Oh, absolutely. And I think when we showcase, as you said, that that we are capable of doing these things or that we hold ourselves to that same standard and and that the things that we talk about in our classes apply not just in our classes, but that we really do mean them sincerely as as being strategies for work and strategies for, well, just for for being, for for engaging, for contributing. I think that that's, that's a really important thing for us to reinforce whenever we get the chance to do so. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I prefer projects that, that are a little bit more applied, right. Are a little bit more grounded in reality, uh, maybe a lot more grounded. In reality. <laughs> uh, and I know, I know that some students, um, you know, feel uncomfortable with that at first because there, there seems to be a lot of ambiguity, uh, but starting new jobs, <laughs> graduating college, you know, changing cultures, um, uh, both in terms of like, you know, work cultures, but then also maybe larger societal cultures like these, these things all come with a lot of ambiguity. And so it's oh, absolutely. how to, how to navigate through that um, and, and doing it in a, in a safer space, like a, like a college classroom, I think could really help to develop some of the strategies that as we've talked about, become adaptable and flexible um, for students to kind of learn how to manage those, those moments of change in their lives. Well, and speaking of changes, I want to celebrate you being here with us today, and I want to give you a chance to to say up anything that you maybe didn't get a chance to say, or or that you just you know thinking back on on your on your decade or so at SVSU now as you as you're moving on to more Western engagements at Central Michigan there. So what what kind of things might you say to your to former colleagues and well current colleagues still because we're colleagues just at different institutions, but 
colleagues, students, and all that? Well, you know, I think um, probably a couple of things. One is, I, I I don't mean this as, you know, any more saccharine than it may sound, but like the students at SVSU are amazing. And I absolutely enjoyed working with them for, for nine years. Um, you know, I feel like I learned so much about, you know, from them <laughs> as, as hopefully they did for me. And that was, again, one of the things that was hard to step away from uh, was was those relationships and those opportunities to work with some really, really fantastic students at, at SVSU. Within the department, I'm glad that in some ways, you know, if, 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 the, if the mark that I leave is some facilities and, and some strategies, some you know, uh, and programmatically as well as um, uh, you know, strategically, uh, then, I, then I'd be happy with that. You know, having a hand in creating, you know, the, the podcasting studio and the maker space and the video production studio and working towards some of the, uh, you know, programs in UXD and the, and the new community journalism and, and digital publishing program. You know, those are all things that that I had a significant hand in developing, and and I feel proud of that. And and so I'm excited to see where those things go. Um, you know, part of I think part of being a professional sometimes is 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 building things and watching what others can do with them. And right. so that's that's what I'm kind of excited about about seeing how you know where those things go in the future. And, and I'll just add, I'll just they're yeah. in good hands, right? I mean, you, um, you know, the 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 four of you that are still there. Um, are are amazing at what you do, and I know that you're going to do cool things with with the program and, and the facilities. Yeah, it's exciting times to be here, and it it it's sad for me personally not to have you here to to benefit from all the good work that we put in, um, and and to see thing. Well, you you still get to see things develop. It's just that you get to watch them from afar at this point, and you get your chance to to build things on your own there and. You know, you and I have talked about, like I said, continuing to collaborate on things and, and those collaborations are going to manifest in a variety of ways locally for both of us, I think. That's just kind of the way that we do things. Mm-hmm. So by no means is it, you know, you, you've moved on and, and are never going to be known here again or anything like that. You know, it, it's, it's all about the continuing work and the continuing collaboration and it just changes a little bit. We adapt. Yeah, we just, we just adapt and, and do things a little bit differently. Um you know, I'm excited about the opportunity to continue, you know, working with you and, and completing some of the projects that we've started, but then also looking at, you know, what other kinds of new and exciting things are going to yeah. happen. I think, um, you know, well, like I said, we, you know, to kind of continue to be vague, but, you know, we've talked about the, some of the opportunities that being at two different institutions create that we may not have had before. And so I look forward to exploring those a little bit more. Um, you know, I think that, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, it's, you know, it's, it's not necessarily goodbye. It's just kind of a different, uh, you know, kind of a, a different segue. Absolutely. And on that note, I want to thank you once again for joining us here today to, to relive and, and celebrate the, the Tech Report and now the Tech Report archive and, and to get a chance to chat about some of the things that brought us to the point where we are at programmatically and, and in terms of our pedagogy here today. So, Thank you very much for coming back. It's it's exciting to be back on mic with you. Yes, absolutely. And I'm excited to see where, you know, some of the new podcasts go. The All Things RPW is an exciting venture. And, um, you know, the, the first couple episodes have been fantastic. And so I'm really looking forward to, you know, to seeing you kind of continue that legacy uh, and you know, talking with with the people that are that are associated with the program. That is certainly a legacy that I hope to continue here with All Things RPW. Um, but let me make one last reminder here that one of the reasons that I brought Scott on in the first place is that 
we republished the original files, the original 13 episodes of the Technical Rapport as the Tech Rapport Archive. And you can find the link to that in the show notes for this episode. So don't hesitate to give a listen to those classic episodes. Uh, there's, there's a lot of really great material there. And please do come on back and, and keep listening to all things RPW. We, we absolutely appreciate you listeners. Take care, everybody. Thank you.